this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I have so do is delight Okay, welcome to the second episode of 2022, the second episode of January. Uh, I never introduced myself. I'm your host, Sean. And when I play the maracas, I go chick, chicky, boom, chick, chicky, boom. Joining me today is Rob, who's a really modest guy, even though he's the hottest guy. Oh, so it's going to be one of, one of these Havana. kinds of episodes. Good. Yeah. What does that mean? What is that? What is what kind of episode? All of the quotes, and I'll be like, "Yeah, I don't remember any of them, even though I really should." You don't remember <laughs> any of that? Oh yeah, of course I do. When you say his it. name is Cuban Pete, I'm just when he... fear- I'm fearful of the moment when you point at me and ask me for a quote, and I'll go, "Yeah, no." <laughs> would and we, would you like a cheeky boochie? Because Rob, it's very nice, <laughs> so full of spice. I watched this movie five days ago. That song has not left my head for <laughs> ever. I don't think. I think it's just a continuous presence. Pretty good, actually. Um, Rob's here. Mm-hmm. It's it's morning. I don't remember the last time I recorded any podcast in the morning. Yeah, I think this is my first morning appearance. Yeah, I it, it, I'm struggling to think of any time this has ever happened. But hey, it's uh. It's weird times right now. <laughs> Schedules are weird and things are weird and the kids are never not here. So <laughs> they're here right now. But um, yeah, we did 1990. We're going in essentially chronological order. Uh, that breaks next week. But for now, we did Ace Ventura, which I think a lot of new people started listening to the podcast last week. So, hey, thanks and welcome to to the next one. I hope you stuck with us and Ace Ventura didn't turn you away with all of our views on wokeness. and Yeah, what if it was like 150 people tuning in hoping that you were going to dunk on wokeness? (laughs) Well, maybe we can find 150 open-minded people now. Yeah, I mean, they're not listening, are they? Let's face it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, they bounced off the moment I was like, I don't know about this. No. So, oh, well. Let's talk about 1994's The Mask. Rob, what's your history with Jim Carrey's big second cinematic outing? An unusual history. Um, almost definitely the first Jim Carrey movie that I saw. Like, I'm pretty sure that is the case. Um, and I I have these weird memories of artwork that I was doing with, like, pastel, pastel crayons, where I'd actually drawn Stanley Ipkiss and The Mask on the same piece of paper. So I seem to have some affinity for it. Um, and similar to some of the conversations from last week, there were a lot of catchphrases from this movie being shouted at each other in, in school oh, yeah. <laughs> on the playground. Maybe more um, than Ace Ventura, or at least on par. Yeah, yeah. But I think I only saw it once when I was a kid, probably when it came out on VHS or whatever that would have been, 1997. It always felt like an age by the time videos were released in the Yeah, past. it's weird to think back to the times of six to eight months, and then you weren't even guaranteed you could buy it. Sometimes you had to wait for the rental store to put out used copies, which mm-hmm. is crazy. 
Whereas now, like Dune comes out in two days, and I swear that I saw that movie last week. Yeah, so. it was just that. <laughs> so it's kind of nice, but you know, kind of takes away that anticipation. But also, it's the internet, and by the time the spoilers are everywhere by day two, so maybe it's for the best. Um, I have a very different history than that. I saw so. In last week's episode, I said, if you asked me in 94 who my favorite actor was, I would say Jim Carrey and probably in 95 and 96 as well. And if you asked me what my favorite movie was, it was this. I saw it in theaters with my brother, my mom, and then I think I had someone take me a third time. I don't know what poor soul had to do that. And then it came out on VHS and I watched it every night for minimum a month. Because I remember me and another friend, actually, Ted Sound, who does the theme song for the show, uh, we basically had a thing like, how long can we keep the streak going of watching The Mask every single night? And I don't remember where I capped off, but I know I cracked 30 because I remember saying like, oh, I've been watching The Mask every day. So and then I kind of fell off and I think I've maybe seen it once or twice since like 1995, but it was still pretty ingrained (laughs) in there. And of all the movies we were revisiting this month, this was the one I was kind of the most, like, I kind of forgot that, like, I knew Ace Ventura took that turn, but I forgot how bad it was. Mm. The mask I thought was just going to be intolerable at this point. Like, I was just so ready for, no, like, I can't deal with the the Jim Carrey-ness, the maskness. I just can't do it. And well, I guess we'll get into whether or not that happened, but uh, let's see. I guess plot, Rob, what's going on in the mask? Um, it's a fairly, it's a fairly weird twist on a pretty classic premise for some of these rom-coms where the man is the, the lead. It's a guy who seemingly has not much confidence in himself and can't get the things that he wants. And then he finds a magical mask and the mask is a super confident, outgoing, get what you want kind of guy, and it lets him go after the things that he wants to get. Uh, but like Cameron Diaz, like Cameron Diaz, <laughs> for example. Uh, but in the course of it all, he ends up in a, an organized crime situation, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and he's suspected of perpetrating the crimes while also trying to fight the criminals. And accurately suspected because he did do it. That's that's <laughs> a good point. He did. He did. The mask the- did. The thing that gets him into it is, yeah, the mask robs a bank because he needs money to get into this club where Cameron Diaz plays and uh, a criminal organization led by a guy who I remember seeing a lot of in the 90s. And now his name is completely escaping me, but uh, he was going to knock off that bank. So that leads to a whole like, where's the money? Who has the money? We got to find this masked guy, which leads me to one of maybe my favorite aspects of the movie. And I'm kind of glad they went this route is everyone takes everything that the mask is doing at absolute face value. At no point ever does anyone say, this can't be real. (laughs) Everyone just rolls with it. Like the part where they yell freeze and he just freezes himself into ice in midair. And they, they're just, they're not even, they're just annoyed that he did that. Like they're not even, how is he doing that? They're just like, Oh, you know what I meant? Yeah, and I early, think that earlier, was the right route. I, I think you're right. Earlier in the movie, I was asking myself, because I couldn't really remember that well how the plot went down. I was asking myself whether it would be a situation where only certain people can see the mask as the mask, and otherwise they're like 
just seeing Stanley Epkiss do yeah. these things that the mask is doing. But no, no, we're seeing the full on cartoon. And I didn't actually know until this week that this was based on a comic book. No idea. Yeah, I, I did know that. I actually almost went all in on this episode and ordered the uh, first collection of the comic book to read it. And I just was like, no, I, I'm sorry, listening audience. It's not, it was not the week to do that and put more stuff on myself <laughs> or else this episode wouldn't be happening because I'd still be in bed crying. Uh, I can tell you though, it is very different tonally. Like the oh. comic is very dark. Like it's still like got the kind of goofy cartoonishness, but for example, in the movie where he like sticks the car parts up the mechanics, butts to get revenge on them for screwing him over with his car in the comic. I'm pretty sure he would just straight up kill them. Nice. Yeah. So the comic is definitely like very violent, very dark, which this apparently skewed a little more towards in the original script. I don't know that the mask was, I mean, that one guy died, I guess as a result in the bank robbery, not intentionally the mask doesn't try to kill him, but he's collateral damage. He's a bad guys. So I guess it's fine. But yeah, the movie definitely shies away from that. And it's very much another let's put the camera on Jim and let Jim be Jim kind of movie. Mm -hmm. um, the one one thing I did like and I couldn't remember for sure is at least when he is playing Stanley Ipkiss, he's not. It's not that thing where like, again, I reference Bruce Almighty, where the character of Bruce is just such a Jim Carrey cartoon character. That even when he becomes when he becomes God, it's like, well, you're just as silly as before, except now you have God powers like you don't become over the top. Now you were always like that. Right. So at least in the mask, it's not he's always silly. And then he's extra silly as the mask. When he's Stanley, he's just a dude. That's fair. Although there was one moment in the first scene where I was like, oh no, is he going to be this scary the entire movie? He's got this thing that he does with his mouth where he just pulls his lips back a little bit. So he's kind of mm -hmm. like, I'll, I'll, the, the, the listeners won't get anything from this, but so that you know what I'm referring to. It's kind of like, a, like yeah. he's got that, that permanent sort of gurn on his face. That's true. But yeah, yeah. He, isn't, he isn't doing the like, borderline ace ventura like well i don't like still like he's got some funny parts of stanley Ipkiss, but he's mostly just a guy yeah, yeah and i uh, was very happy <laughs> to realize that like oh okay he's just going to be a human being like they kept him down so that when the mask stuff happens it's not that jarring mm. like it maybe that's not the word i want it's, a, it's like a burst of that cartoon energy, so it's fine because it's not like up until that point, it's been joke after joke after joke after joke. Like he's not riffing and improvising. Right. Like there are funny bits, but it's not, you know, let's let him do a lot of liar, liar-esque antics. That's true. So when you get to the mask, it's like, all right, because Rob, I got to say, I didn't mind the stuff with the mask nearly as much as I thought I was going to. I, I would agree with that. I also don't understand how kids are so entertained by it though i didn't think there was enough there actually for kids to like it that much so i was confused <laughs> the mask isn't in the movie that much mm -hmm. um there is way more story than i <laughs> than i remember um and I, i'm sure i didn't really care about any of that as a kid maybe when i watched that i just fast forwarded to the mask parts like i can't imagine i was that invested in the like who actually robbed the bank and 
the the reporter ending up being evil and all of that. Like, oh, I hope he gets to be with the 10 years younger than him at the time, Cameron Diaz. <laughs> uh, but the first mask appearance is like 20, 25 minutes into the movie. And I timed it. It lasts six minutes. And then you don't get any more mask for a while. Huh. Like, I, and I think that's the right call. Yeah, like, I agree. Almost like to the point, there's a point point near the end where you haven't seen him as the mask in a while and he becomes the mask off camera and you're a little excited because like, oh, the masks come back. <laughs> I can't say that I had that personal experience this time around. Well, okay, maybe not me personally, but that's what they're going for. And I'm sure as a child, that was very much like, oh, he's gonna, the mask is back there. That makes sense. Yeah, you're probably like playing with a toy, not really looking at the screen until you sense that that's about to happen. And that's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> Yeah, I can't, and you know, obviously, a bunch of a bunch of the jokes must have went over my head as a ten year old. Like when he pulls the oh, yeah. used condom out of his pocket, what did I think that was? I as had that exact same reaction to that scene. Yeah, like what? Take it on face value because his only comment is oh, "wrong pocket" or something. Yeah, like that. I, exactly. So I guess I just must. Uh, oh, that's silly. Maybe that one's burst. <laughs> I, that probably was it. It's like, oh yeah, you can't make a balloon animal if there's a hole in the balloon, <laughs> or if it got wet. That won't work. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I just uh, and I, it's the same as Ace Ventura. The catchphrasey stuff is like because it's been twenty-seven years, and obviously I haven't heard a smoking in a while, but I sure did hear it a lot for several years after this came out. Yeah, and I think that's the only the only one that I could go another twenty-seven years now and not hear that again. <laughs> what uh, how okay so what there's smoking yeah there's um somebody stop me was another somebody big stop one. me uh, to a lesser extent the p-a-r-t-y, P-A-R-T-Y yeah that was because i got the third it one. yeah i guess those are the big three there might be a smaller fourth one that i'm missing yeah i know no, that they're the three that come to mind for me so then what an ace ventura had loser Alrighty then Alrighty then yeah and the really so they each had like three biggies According to the commentary on Ace Ventura, that was very much what Jim's focus was, is apparently Jim's very tapped into what what will stick. So he was always trying to throw out these catchphrases that he's like, oh, people are going to be saying this. Seems (laughs) like he was seems like he was right on because, boy, I remember all of those. Yeah. One thing that stuck with us as well from Ace Ventura was his uh, his Star Trek thing. (laughs) I can't do it, Captain. Mm. (laughs) I don't have the plan. Which also as a 10-year-old probably was just, I don't know, he's doing a silly voice. I don't know what this is. <laughs> like there would have been a lot of references in this, like his whole dying Oscar speech, all that. I wouldn't have known what all that was about. I would have seen it as in a cowboy costume and making silly voices. There was some stuff happening that I still didn't understand now. I was like, that's definitely a reference to something. I don't know what it is. I didn't some make of them are, what they were. But. Some of them now probably don't mean anything. That's always mm. the problem with references. Is right. in 1994 we were like, ah, oh, the crying game, and now we're like, <laughs> I think that was a move. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I had another. Th- apparently, um, those giant teeth he's wearing. He, they were only supposed to like be the visual, but then he wouldn't have them to talk. But Jim Carrey learned to talk with them. Yeah, that sounds like him. Yeah, for the performance. Uh, and also they were ready to do a lot more special effects than they needed to be because once they had him 
he could just kind of do all of the silly movements that they wanted him to do. So they're like, we don't really need to CG enhance anything. Although speaking of the CG, 27 years later, none of it looked that bad. That's a great point. Yeah, it it, it was good. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, from moment one, when the mask appears, he's it's meant to be like a, a Tex Avery, like a live action Tex Avery cartoon, which we know because Stanley is watching a Tex Avery cartoon right before right. that he replicates. But like all of the little like when he uses the horn that turns into a bigger and like the eyeballs popping out of his head or when he does the scream and his skull comes out of it, uh, out of his face, it all still looked good. Like, yeah. I actually like kind of laughed when the skull came out of his face, <laughs> which I wasn't <laughs> expecting. I got yeah, it, it was it was good. I mean, I guess animation affords you that. Like once once you've already accepted that it's not supposed to look real. Yeah. Then, then you can get away with more. That's true. Yeah, they do get to kind of cartoon it up a little bit so they're not going for realism, like when the dog puts the mask on his head, uh, which I remember as a kid being so happy yeah, me too. that the dog got to wear the mask, yeah. run around pissing on people. And while we're on the dog, that dog is great. Does that such dog a good is job in this movie. So good. <laughs> like I remember, I kind of, I, that's one thing I forgot about is at the time everyone was like, is that actually the Frasier dog? Is it the same dog from Frasier or just oh, the same know. breed? I don't know. Because I think that's also the same breed of dog that was in that movie, The Artist, and the dog was super good. Is the dog from The Mask. Well, the first thing is still alive. I would be very, very, very surprised. Yeah, there's no way. There's no the same way. dog in Frasier. Um, uh, no? Mm. I can't get a straight answer. Oh. Milo in the wait. <laughs> well, while you're searching okay. for it, uh, we'll never the, know. But also, no. apparently, it might have been the same dog as in my dog Skip. So, huh? Apparently, just Jack Russell Terriers are very good at acting. <laughs> well, yeah, my um, my family until very recently this year, in fact, had a had a Jack Russell Chihuahua mix, but. Behavior of the dog was very similar to the behavior of this dog, uh, apart from mask wearing and you know fighting crime. Not much of that. <laughs> well, that's too bad. Yeah, that was most of the appeal of this dog. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the dog, like all the stuff with Stanley and the dog, like the jailbreak stuff, that stuff all works really well. Like I thought, actually, a lot of the Stanley stuff was pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's there, there's there's a risk that he would be written off as one of these like incel types. Sorry, I seem to bring the podcast back to incels far too often. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that worried if incels aren't listening, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely got leanings towards that kind of woe is me, why don't the women like me? Yeah, that was something I noted. The first scene, it's him. Uh, he thinks he's going to go out on a date with his colleague. So he got them two tickets to, I don't think they ever say. And she goes, oh, I want to bring my friend along. And he says, mm-hmm. well, you know what? You and your friend just go. And it does have a very, I'm a nice guy. Why don't women like me kind of thing? But thankfully, they kind of drop that after, not long after that. And it becomes just a little more about an insecure dude who's, you know, putting on the mask allows him to kind of let go of that and, you know, shove the car parts up the mechanic's ass who <laughs> overcharged him to fix his car. Like, he yeah, I mean, I think I think like we all want the, we all want the mask for that. <laughs> and like, well, actually, he the the gang he gets uh, revenge on in that scene were cut out of the movie. 
So that scene doesn't work as well. Apparently there's a bit, it might be on the Blu-ray. I didn't check. There's deleted scenes where that gang like accosts him and takes his watch on his way home, which is why when he gets there and she says, do you know what time it is? He says, actually, no. Oh, It's because they, in the original cut, took his watch. And that's why when he sees that gang again, when he's out, it's a bit more of a comeuppance because they have wronged him. Whereas now it just seems like, you know, he's fucking went around with a street gang. So interesting. They a then weird do cut to him, make, but they they do then let him know the time, though, right? Because that's the mess. Doesn't he say something like, "Oh, look, it's uh, three seconds until I hug your nose and pull your, your underwear up over your head." Exactly. That was another the bit that got a little chuckle out of me because he pulls out a big old timey <laughs> clock, and I was like, "That don't fit in your pants." <laughs> yeah, that got a little bit of a chuckle out of me too. Yeah, like I, I I'm. Just, I think we, you know, it's pretty clear where my opinion is is starting to lean. Um, let's talk a little bit about Cameron Diaz mm-hmm. making her feature debut. Apparently, cast because they saw her leaving a modeling agency and went, "Look at her," and cast oh, her in the movie. No way. Yeah, uh, this was our the world's introduction to to Cameron Diaz. Um. I mean, I was going to say, let's talk a little bit about her. She's not actually required to do all that much other than stand there and look attractive. Look attractive, get wet. That's her first, that's her introduction to the movie. Yeah, literal first thing is walk in from the rain and dab at your boobs. Like, okay, so that's what we're working with here. Like, It does kind of tread that line where it's like, you know, she's Stanley's reward for all of this. Like, he came out of a shell and he gets to have Cameron Diaz because there's not really anything there that shows why they would be together otherwise. No, I mean, she has a nice dance with the mask and I don't know, I guess whoever inhabits that body is the one that she wants. Apparently, but then later the mask gets all rapey and she's not into it at all. But then when she finds out that he is the mask, she's kind of like back into it. Yeah, she's, 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 I would, I would say that she's like, she looks like she's not into it, but she's not She's still trying to decide, and by the end, she's like, "This, this might be fine." Yeah, that's maybe the one bit that gets a little when he goes full Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, when yeah, they meet in the park, it was, it was creepy. Yeah, yeah, which like she kind of plays it like it, it is like she's not into it at all. Like at that point, you can tell she'd rather Stanley hang around. So then the mask shows up, and he's all like, "Oh, oh, oh like literally full on Pepe Le Pew," because he's. I'm, I'm sure that's what they're going for because he emulates these cartoon characters. Yeah. And like she knees him in the balls, and so at least, like at the very least, it's like she's not cool with it. But yeah, that was the one bit where it's, it it's the movie starts to seemingly go down a path of like, look, the mask is not a hero; he's kind of a bad dude. Right. But then they walk it back a little quick. So I think it could have been interesting to go a little more down that path of like, yeah, the mask helps you kind of come out of your shell, but like it's not a good thing. Right. That that part of the movie's kind of mixed because like Stanley's life is quite literally ruined. That's by a good point. This, the could, this could have been an anti incel movie. It's like, do it you really want what you think you want? Let's yeah. show you why you don't. <laughs> yeah. And they kind of by mid movie are doing that. Mm-hmm. But then by the end, it's kind of like, you know what? Maybe like the mask saved the day. So maybe I should hang on to this. So <laughs> now that we're saying it out loud, there is kind of a weird having our cake and eating it too kind of thing where Mm -hmm. like, yeah, the mask is not great, but also, yeah, he is. (laughs) I think it would have been more interesting maybe if they went the whole nutty professor route, which I think was 
No, that was the Ace Ventura guy who did a uh, Nutty Professor where, you know, he has this whole like, oh, this alter ego is great, but then, oh, oh the alter ego kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that would have well. been that would have been the right direction for this, I think. But then, where would that leave Cameron Diaz anyway? Like, I don't know. They don't need to get. The, yeah, I, I'm fine if they don't get together. Yeah, yeah. Like they bond over his weird mask. Like that's it. That's the only thing they got going for him. And then that he saves her life at the end because she doesn't unfortunately get to do much beyond be standard damsel in distress because her is it. A, is she just working for him or is he actually her boyfriend? I guess he is yeah, actually no, her they're, boyfriend. They're, they're dating. Yeah. The the bad guy who we haven't talked about, Dorian Tyrell, which is a great, great fucking name. good bad guy name. Yeah. I mean, this, oh this movie probably came out at the same time that the early Game of Thrones books were being released. So Maybe. it was just like, let's steal this. That's true. That is a Game of Thrones ass bad guy name. <laughs> and I actually remembered it even going in. And I think it's because the mayor says his first and last name near the end. And for some reason that stuck. But I was like, that guy's name is Dorian Tyrell, which is so good. <laughs> You've never met a good guy named Dorian Tyrell. <laughs> Actually, it might have been the other way around. A Game of Thrones was released in 96. So maybe George R.R. Martin oh, stole shit. the name from this movie. Are you saying that Game of Thrones' entire foundation was built upon the mask? <laughs> you heard it here. In 1994, a young George R.R. R. Martin was sitting in the theater and went, <gasps> You can name characters those names? I can write a book about that. Um, yeah, he's a pretty good bad guy. Um, and now I'm trying to think of examples as to why. In another deleted scene, he actually does kill the redhead reporter. Oh, yeah. Um, she's like but they, dropped but it. They, they realized then that the incels would be too happy. Maybe. <laughs> really treading that line of like, look, we don't want to cater to them, but we don't want to lose them. <laughs> yeah, they drop her in the printing press, and then the newspaper prints with like her dead face on the front that oh. says like, "Oh, woman killed," which I guess is maybe a little too cartoony because the mask isn't around at that point. So why would a newspaper press do that? But I remember uh, him when he puts the mask on. It's a little, little scary for me as that's, a ten year old. That's true. Once he gets the mask on, he's quite intimidating. Before that, bland. Honestly, like he was just generic. Yeah, when I said he was a pretty good bad guy, and then sat there in silence, it was because I couldn't think of any examples <laughs> as to why. The only scene that actually really uh, that I remembered uh, with him is him actually being a subordinate when they put the gol- the guy above him puts the golf tee in his mouth and then tees off mm. on his face. That I remembered, but I thought it was Dorian doing it to someone else. But it's actually him, the recipient of it. So why why did they even have that dynamic? What was the point? Because the, he, we have to know that he's under pressure to get that money back. So right. he's, you know he's got motivation to really want to get things done. I mean, maybe maybe this is a, a bigger theme in the comic books, and they were hoping for a, a franchise. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, they were definitely hoping for a franchise. Uh, here's a fun little side story. So Nintendo Power. Do you have Nintendo Power in the UK? No, it was that. Uh, it's a. It was a monthly Nintendo magazine. Uh, maybe I coming directly from Nintendo. So it was right. very, you know, everything we release is an A minus at least. So. I was a Sega guy as a kid. So uh, okay. So every month they would have a contest in Nintendo Power, and I was a subscriber. I entered a couple. I never won, but the one I did enter it was a Mask Two contest. And the grand prize was to be an extra in the mask too. Wow. <laughs> and so obviously history has dictated the problem 
with that. Uh, that movie in that form obviously did not happen. Jim Carrey did not want to come back and do it. They were going to do it. It was apparently like Dorian comes back like from, he, I don't remember. He gets flushed down a fake potty at the end of the movie. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he doesn't so he could, die. Yeah, he could very easily crawl his way back out. They even throw the mask in the water at the end. So actually the story writes itself. That's, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, so they found the winner of that contest a few years ago. And apparently Nintendo reached out and said, yeah, it's not looking great. So you can either kind of hold out or we'll just give you the cash equivalent and a bunch of stuff. So he cashed out and he's like, oh yeah, they, they sent me like $5,000 and a jacket and a bunch of video games. I was like, all right, that's cool that they, they made good on that. And yeah, then, I think uh, he won. And the, oh yeah, he even said, I absolutely made the right call. I think they actually were like, hey, and they, maybe they would have um, made good on the promise with 2005's Jamie Kennedy-led Son of the Mask, which, Wait. oh my God, have you seen that movie? I have not, no. My brother and I saw that shit in a theater. And you remember in high school when you'd be watching a talent show and someone would come up and they were just doing so bad and just you had this group wide like oh please stop no yeah it was the guy i was the guy on stage what'd you do uh my keyboard was being a dick it wasn't connecting properly so like people weren't hearing the music i was actually playing Uh, okay that's different though you didn't i was just like but i was just stood singing and i'm not a great singer i'm not a great keyboard player either to be fair yeah that was not a fun memory (laughs) okay well i'm sorry i dredged that up for you but uh so yeah all of us in the audience (laughs) We felt basically the same then as we did for watching Son of the Mask. Right. There is, uh, if ever you want to torture yourself, you can find on YouTube, and I actually watched it the other night after watching this movie just to get a, a memory of it, the the first sequence where Jamie Kennedy becomes the mask. And they kind of, they try and replicate what happens in this movie where Jim Carrey goes to uh, the Coco Bongo Club and he jumps up on stage and they do a whole, uh, hey, Pajuko! And it's a fun sequence in this movie. Like he and Cameron do a dance and it's okay. the song is catchy, but in the son of the mask, they do, um, uh, what's the name? The, um, damn it. Give me a second. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. It's the song. He sings in 10 things. I hate about you. The, I love you, baby, but if it's quite, yeah, all yeah, right, yeah, I need yeah. To, yeah. but he does like a country Western version of it where he dresses as a cowboy and a rap version of it. Where he dresses each It's, one of the worst things ever. Let me give you an idea of the kind of humor we're working with on Son of the Mask, and then I'll move on. Okay. He shows up at the party, and he's trying to do like a Jim Carrey, like, but his silly voice is bad because it's <laughs> Jamie Kennedy. And the guy at the door of the club says, I'm going to need some ID. So then Jamie Kennedy's like, oh, let me just check my pockets. And he pulls out Rob an IV from a hospital. And then it pauses for a moment so the audience can register how funny that is. And then the guy says, ID, not IV. Oh, God. And then he goes, oh, no, 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 and keeps looking. That's what we're working with instead yeah, of the mask. that's pretty painful. I quite like Jamie Kennedy. That's, that's too bad. I think that was the beginning of the end because I liked him in Scream and Three Kings and a couple other things. But uh, then that happened and then breaking or whatever the breakdancing movie he did i forget what it's called oh god knows i haven't seen that one breaking it kicking it old school i think it was called kicking it old sure i've only seen like one breakdancing movie and it's because kids at school forced me to watch it on one of the last days at term was it breaking no was it breaking to electric boogaloo is the one with that that guy whose name i'm forgetting who's in 21 jump street 
Johnny Depp? No, the the remake. Jonah Hill? No. Channing Tatum? Yes, him. You're th- are you thinking Tatum, of Step it? Up? Step, Step Up. up. You know what? I've seen Step Up 2, 3, 4, and 5, and I've never seen one. Oh, weird. <laughs> I do know Step Up 2 is one of my favorite scenes ever where Channing Tatum makes a cameo and he challenges the new main character to a dance-off. And they're in a club where all of a sudden they remove pieces of the floor and there's trampolines underneath and they proceed to have a trampoline dance battle. (laughs) Step Up 2 is great. It also does that thing I like where they do wordplay. It's called Step Up to the Streets. So it's also like if it was the word T-O, but it's the number two because it's the second movie. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, The Mask. Um, (laughs) What led me down that path? Oh, the Nintendo Power Contest. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, and how they never made a sequel and how they they clearly wanted to. Like, they yeah. leave enough open for it, but it's probably best they didn't. Yeah. Even though they kind of did. Is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so we talked about Dorian Tyrell, and you kind of convinced me that maybe he is kind of just a bad guy until he puts the mask on and becomes a little more threatening, but only because they in post make his voice like, rrr, rrr, rrr. they make it a little more devilly and evil sounding. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool actually how the mask changes appearance based on whose head it's on. Yeah, mm. yeah, like Jim, they do like because he's a cartoon loving goofball. They that's what he becomes when the mask is on. The dog, he kind of stays a dog. <laughs> Still loves Stanley though. You know, the dog knows like, oh, you I like. It's true. And then yeah, the Dorian just basically becomes Satan <laughs> when he puts it on. Uh, was there anything more to say about the Cameron Diaz? Not really. No, I don't think so. There's one more thing to discuss about the actual mask, the physical mask, which is that this movie is in the MCU. Who knew? Explain. Did you pick up on that part? So when, no. so when he goes to see the psychologist, oh, sorry, that's probably not all what he is, the, the, the mask analyzer guy, the philosopher. Yeah. Um, the guy says that the, the mask is, uh, was created by Loki. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's the Loki mask. <laughs> yeah. And that's when we all get kind of the only Stanley Ipkiss bit of, but like, I didn't mind that part when he's like putting the mask on and trying to get it to work. That's like the closest oh. we get to Jim being Jim as Stanley, but it kind of fit with the character. So I was fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. He, he did go a little bit more Jim Carrey than usual in that scene. I think in Son of the Mask, it is actually like Loki straight up comes looking for his mask. I think that's oh, actually the plot no of that movie. <laughs> so it might be one of the met like the multiverse timelines but i really hope in one of the future marvel movies they do just say yeah the mask is here now <laughs> the maybe mask we've already two missed... is also dr strange three maybe we've already missed a soul reference i'll have to go back and watch all of the marvel stuff again so i'll see yeah, you in it's, three years <laughs> yeah it's in there somewhere yeah eternals comes out next week so that i can finally put the that's the only one i'm missing at this point does or it come out in a way that I can watch it for free? I guess not. Do you have Disney Plus? Yes. Then yes. Hooray, I guess it's not free. I should stop saying that it's free. It's not free. Well, free in that Disney isn't charging the extra fee for it. Right. So yeah. In that sense. Yeah. Um, I guess we didn't also talk about the thing I opened the episode with, the uh, Cupid Pete musical sequence, which I don't know if there's a whole lot to say about it other than apparently a lot of people at the studio were like, cut this, cut this, cut this. It's too long. It's not funny. Cut this. I'm very glad they did not cut that. Actually. I'm I'm not sure how I feel because it's not bad. It's not bad. It's, I agree that it's not necessarily funny. It's just catchy and energetic and 
it's been in my head for a while. It does kind of serve as the whole little, hey, the mask is kind of a creepy weirdo who's hitting on a woman, but now he's having everybody dance, so it's okay. <laughs> so that is kind of weird, but yeah, yeah. Also... I'd also be I'd be pissed off if someone stole the stage from me. Security would be there immediately. Like, there's no way that could go down as flawlessly as it did. Wait, in Cuban Peter, hey Pachuco. I think you're thinking of more of the Oh, hey, I'm thinking of, yeah, sorry, no, I'm thinking of uh, the other one. Yeah, that's true. As soon as the guy in the green. And I do love that they always, again, the kind of that everyone just deals well with the fact that the mask is part of their actual reality. It's always just the green faced guy. We yeah. got to get the green faced guy. But with the Cuban Pete stuff, this is there something magical happening that's like forcing people to participate? There, oh, there was definitely something happening there. A hundred percent. Because the part I, the, the modest guy, he literally possesses that that woman to right. sing. Like she, at, she gets into it, but she at first is like, "What am I doing?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're definitely yeah being entranced to go along with it. Except for like the two, I guess we haven't talked to there. There's another cop, like the main cop, who's after Stanley. He's like, "You did this." Oh yeah, he's quite good actually. I like he that is. guy. Yeah. What was his name? I can't remember. Oh yeah, I don't remember. I quite like his partner as well. He's an idiot. Doyle. That I remember because they say Doyle a lot. Yeah. Doyle. So, yeah, I'm glad they didn't cut that as much as it is weird. It kind of gets you back on the mask side after a really icky scene where he forces himself on Cameron Diaz. Mm -hmm. I Uh, I remember there was one one exchange between them, and I can't even remember what it was about. But he's like, that doesn't sound good. He's like, what would sound good to you? The guy's just like, breakfast? (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah, there's, I don't know, I guess perhaps before we get into wrapping it up, I will say, did you, did you get some laughs out of this? Uh, yeah, a few, but probably not the ones where I was supposed to laugh, I would say. I wasn't, Same I was thing. never laughing at the film, but like that, that example there is one where it's just like a throwaway line. That shouldn't be one of the things that I'm remembering as the, the thing that yeah. I enjoyed the most. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't laugh much at the antics off the mask. If I'm honest, I don't know that I did either. Mm-hmm. I got a few, like I said, I kind of, I think I was even just more impressed at the effect when the, the scream and the layers of his face come out, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Oof, I don't, I don't know. Final I, thoughts, I guess. Yeah. I think that's the mask. Um, I don't know. I've, I have nothing else to say other than to kind of sum up my, my feelings about this. And I was very much in the same camp that you were in thinking this might be an unbearable one hour, 40 something minutes, but it, it, it wasn't. To be honest, I was like adequately entertained by it. Um, if I had to watch it again, I wouldn't be that angry, which probably puts it immediately in the middle of the list of things that I've done for this podcast. Uh, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Mid-tier is definitely... Mm-hmm. Didn't hate would watch again. Yeah, and and if if we're if we're taking the the name of the podcast in its true spirit, I think it holds up as well as it possibly could have. Like I don't think it's lost much over the years. No, I was kind of stunned to find myself agreeing with most of what you just said. Yeah, I was. This one was on the list, and whenever I told anyone, like I, the mask is on there because I think that's gonna suck now. <laughs> but I actually enjoyed it quite a bit like mm-hmm. the mask stuff is like it holds up well enough just because i think the effects look good and it, it's just these little quick little vignettes that 
and just around the time it would start to get too much. Like they know right after the Cuban Pete sequence, get the mask off. Mm-hmm. I'm done with that now. And then he doesn't come back for like another half hour. Yeah. Um, I thought like, yeah, just kind of a general, it's just kind of a fun comedic adventure. The plot takes itself just seriously enough that, you know, the threats are real and it's not just disposable, like whatever we just need. We need something to get between the comedy bits. Like this is just, it's just going to be, you know, a lot of individual set pieces and whatever. Like, no, there's a through line. It. Yeah, it's a movie. It's maybe what I'm is what what I'm trying to say. Where I was more worried that it was just going to be let Jim be Jim for yeah. an hour forty. And I actually think, like in my head, this movie was the reason why all of the people who hate Jim Carrey's acting style. It was because of this movie in my mind. But I see now that it's not this. This movie is it not to blame. No, it can't be. Like no, whoever plays the mask. Yeah, I think it might be Ace Maybe. Perhaps Ace Ventura 2, which we aren't covering here. Right. Because uh, there's just no time. But I feel like, yeah, I, I'll, I might watch it off the show just to see if I'm right. But I do still remember that one as being, what if Ace Ventura, but more? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it might have been that one. I think also a lot of people resented him because of the whole, when it became news that he got $20 million to be in the cable guy. And then the cable guy came out and didn't really make a lot of money and people weren't that big on it. So I think that maybe didn't help. I always point to Bruce Almighty as the moment where I was like, this might be too much. So right. No, no, for me, I'm I'm talking about people far less informed than that. Just like I'm thinking of like my parents and my family would never want to be turning on because it's just like, no, he's just he's too annoying. And when I think of annoying Carrie, I think of this movie until this week. And now I'm like, no, this this isn't it. No, this isn't it. Whoever plays the mask has to play him at some degree of that. That is the character. Yeah. So that it makes sense. And then, like we said, when he has the mask off, he's pretty calm. Mm-hmm. He still has some funny lines. Actually, the uh, I hope you'll enjoy the victory with one friggin' eye. Got a little <laughs> bit of a smile out of me. And the uh, the stunned I'm winning in the middle of the fight where he stopped. He takes a moment to <laughs> celebrate the fact that he's winning the fight. Yeah. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I thought worked so uh, yeah I am stunned but uh, I gotta say if you have been holding out on like oh I don't know if I should go back to the mask I think you can do it and yeah. I think I think you'll you'll have a good time you can probably show your slightly older kids I think they'll enjoy the, the silliness you might have to explain what a condom is or what happened to those mechanics like what did he do to those men it's like well what we all want to but can't uh, something you're currently enjoying? I think I know what it's going to be, but let's see if I'm right. Well, I mean, we have to mention it even if it's not that thing, right? Because it's relevant. Unless you're thinking of something. Oh, no. no. I know. Yeah, you're thinking of something else. I'm going to mention the thing that I'm talking about, which okay. is that the, uh, the Weekend released an album that's yesterday. That's what I was... Okay, that's okay. what I was thinking. It was, yeah. Yeah, The Weekend released an album yesterday, and it's... Uh, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. I said yesterday, I think already it might be his best album. Uh, I still think that based on a full lesson and a half. Uh, and it features your man, Jenny Carey. Yeah, it's the I month did, to drop the album. I did listen to that track and it made me sad. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very much, so we haven't talked much about it and I don't think we're going to do a movie relevant enough to, to speak to it. But Jim, Jim got a little up his own ass in mm. recent years. Uh, Lots of like artist speak. He wrote this book that everyone I think thought was going to be his autobiography, but it's this like weird 
meditative, mostly made up. Like there is no such person as Jim Carrey of this is like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's one of the few books I read a few pages of and went, I don't want to do this and then stop eating. So there's a lot, there's a lot like there is no, there is no person. There is no me on this. Did you ever see that documentary you did about man on the moon? No, I did not. But I've also I, never seen Man on the Moon, so I was I was wondering whether to pitch that as one of the things. For yeah, this one. so I think I can also say Man on the like. There's a lot of stuff that we could have done. Uh, man on the Moon isn't going to make the cut either. But he did. There's this documentary uh, a few years ago about how during that movie he refused to break character because he's you know trying to embody Andy Kaufman, and it was just all this stuff about like how big it asshole he was on set because he wouldn't break character and it led to this whole thing about like this whole dialogue about method acting and when is method acting too far and like you know I, I there, was no more, yeah. there was no more jim carrey i was just this and all i know a lot of people were like you know what i get paid to act so i just act like <laughs> i don't have to do like and i couldn't bring myself to watch it because i just like seeing the clips and hearing about it it's like ah, i still kind of like jim carrey i don't, don't think i want to do this yeah, but uh, yeah, from the the weekend track is definitely that more of that side of Jim. It's it's kind of comforting. He's got a very pleasant voice to listen to, read that kind of stuff. But yeah. it is very much like, hey, the future is weird right now, and whatever happens, happens. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's multiple ways you could interpret it as well, knowing his like Jenny McCarthy past, and that's enough said on that. <laughs> yeah, we don't need it. Yes, exactly. Another reason that maybe is like I kind of still like Jim. We don't need to talk about <laughs> that unfortunate business. Hopefully he's learned from his mistakes. Yeah. Uh, um, both in those views and dating Jenny McCarthy. Right. <laughs> uh, moving on to the, the thing I, I had, I, I was struggling actually to come up with one of the things that I've been enjoying, but I watched a movie last night that I would recommend. Uh, there's a very clear reason why I watched it. It's starring Patty, ha- uh, Patty Harrison and Ed Helms. Uh, it's called Together Together. Um, I don't even know if I've heard of it. It's on Crave. And the, the premise is that um, Ed Helms is a, a single guy who's in his 40s, I guess, and wants a kid. So Patty Harrison is the surrogate. And they established that from right out of the gate, minute one. So I'm not spoiling anything there. Uh, I love Patty Harrison <laughs> for reasons discussed on these episodes before. Yeah. Um, she is probably one third of my gifts these days, if not more. So, yeah. Uh, it's good. It's it's a nice movie. It's got it's got a bit of a strange ending, but like it's it's good. I would recommend it. Okay, noted. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this week has not allowed a lot of free time. Obviously, we called out only murders in the building on the uh, East Ventura episode. We're still plugging away at that. There's a lot of stuff coming to streaming. I know MacGruber is finally hitting Canada on Sunday. I'm excited about that. Peacemaker <laughs> is next week. Oh, that's um, not out yet. I figured that must have been out ages ago. <laughs> no, Peacemaker, I think, is Thursday. Right. Um, we haven't watched episode two of The Adventures of Mr. Boba Fett yet, so I haven't, I can't say for sure. Like, that's my recommendation, but we liked episode one. That's what I thought you were going to suggest might be mine, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I, I, I needed to go back to the Bad Batch first and watch, finish watching that cartoon, even though I know I don't need to. Yeah, it seems like as long as you're caught up on The Mandalorian, you're fine. Mm-hmm. This is, it has, I mean, it's a lot of the same people, but yeah, it has that vibe for sure. And I think that turns out that's how I want my Star Wars. Right. So. I heard you say that last week and I was, yeah. I, I was thinking of the uh, 
the conversations that we've had on this podcast multiple times about law versus monster of the week type stuff. Yeah. You know know where I stand. And you know where I stand. (laughs) So it should be of no surprise that my perspective is, you know what? I don't want, I just want 30 minutes of let's kick this ass and move on. And then we'll kick a different ass next week. Actually, funnily Uh, enough, I was watching the Bad Batch and a character appeared in episode six yesterday, who I'm pretty sure is a character that was just in the Mandalorian and is in the Boba Fett show. So I think, I think for me, I did need to see it (laughs) for you. It won't matter at all. Yeah. Uh, Have I already, you'll know, because I don't pay attention to what I say on these episodes. Did I already call out the Guardians of the Galaxy video game? I want to say yes, but that might have just been in separate conversation as well. So I don't know. Okay. If I haven't, I definitely want to shout that out. Uh, I must be getting pretty close to the end of that. I've put a lot of time into it because, again, our schedules, as weird as they've been this week, have allowed for some late nights. <laughs> so I've definitely put some time into that. It's so good. Uh, the 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 combat is basically Final Fantasy VII Remake, if I remember that game correctly. Yeah. Very much like you're in control and you're also giving commands to the people around you to okay. do moves and you're like working towards staggering enemies and but it's also got like a lot of just like fun little one-off sequences that just feel like really well-developed. Like, you know, we're never going to use this mechanic again, but for these two minutes, it's going to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's full of eighties music. Like it's like the, in the movies, cause he has the Walkman so he can listen to music. They'll do that a lot in this game, like score big battles to take on me by a ha. Or uh, the other night I had uh, never going to give you up as the backdrop for a big boss fight. So that was cool. Uh, the dialogue is really good. There's so much, like they've written so much. Like one of my biggest pet peeves in gaming is when you idle in an area for a while. Cause you know, you want to find collectibles or something. And every 15 seconds you get the same loop. Like be sure to go check out over by the mountains. I like, yes, I will. I just want to be sure to go check out over by the mountains. It's like, Oh my God, fine. <laughs> There's none of that here. Like no matter how long you linger at a seed, it seems like they're always finding new things to say, new conversations to have. Oh, cool. It doesn't suffer from that weird thing that some video games do where someone says a line, there's a bit of a pause that someone says their line. It's all very organic. People are talking over each other and interrupting. It's just really, really well put together. Uh, story is really good. Uh, so, yeah. That, so it's that a one. completely unique story, is it? From yeah. The, from the movie. No, complete, completely unique story. Some, some of the same characters, but very much its own thing. Uh, yeah, it's if I had, it would have been probably like right at the top of games of last year if I'd played it just a little sooner. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy for sure, worth it. Nice. If I ever stop playing FIFA, maybe I'll play a different game. Did you ever play the Final Fantasy VII remake? I started it. Okay. Um, I I got to uh, oh shit. Sector seven in the slums is that where Tifa's place is? And then I I just. Yeah. I found it a little bit overwhelming. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do now because we got like 20 hours in and then life happened and we fell off. So now it's like, do we need to start over or can I just go to the Coliseum, do a few fights, get a feel for the combat again and then move on? Oh, the combat you'll pick up immediately. I I think actually having played Guardians probably helped because I think there's enough crossover there that I can go like, okay. And look, I'm not above bumping the difficulty down if I have to, so... (laughs) That's the kind of person I am now. If I struggle, I'll just lower the difficulty because who has time? Nice. I lost 20 minutes of progress in a video game the other night and I almost cried. Who's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 20 minutes for all I had? <laughs> so, oh, you'll be glad to know I failed uh, Wordle today. So. Oh, I got it in four. Yeah, I mean, it was... 
I, I, I just didn't use logic. I just kept trying to guess what the last two letters were. <laughs> oh, see, I can even show you my. I took a screenshot because I have a group now that when we all get it, we're going to apparently just start showing like here was my chain of thought. Nice. And uh, yeah, this is for this is meaningless for everybody right now. But well, Wordle needs to be captured on this podcast because it's going to go away as fast as it. I came. was so close. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to get this so fast," and then yeah, that just kept happening. Oh, see, but you did you did what I did, except that I just guessed the wrong letters. Oh, um, okay. See, that's not what you should do at all. Once you know you've got your established letters, you shouldn't use them on the next rung. You should well, I use five. You should use five other letters. I did. You just I just showed you me do that. Show me again. No, I closed it. <laughs> But you're right. We should capture Wordle because yeah, yeah, because it'll be it won't be a thing. No, so between rows two and and three, you should be getting rid of those last three letters and just using three oh, other completely I, different letters. You I see, what, I mean? see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got it. You did. So I don't know if I should be taking <laughs> advice from you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we should cap if you if. I don't even know who's left that isn't playing it because all I see on Twitter is like the people who are like, what is Wordle the next day? Or like, look at my score. Like, <laughs> but if you aren't playing it, it's, I've already seen people take the like, oh my God, shut up about Wordle. He's like, oh, because you, how dare people enjoy themselves in our current situation? But man, did Wordle, I don't even know if it's actually new or if people are only just discovering it now. Well, I think the number is indicative of how many days this has been going. Right, because aren't we at like Wordle two ten or something around there? Oh, see, I didn't even notice that. So okay, oh. so it's been around for a while, but it just seems like it's really grabbed on now. Yeah. It's the perfect time for it, I think. Yeah. Um, it's this little thing that we all, I know, my like the people I talk to, like, it's this little thing we look forward to. You know, yesterday I almost did it, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to save it because I might need it more later. Nice. It's just this fun little thing to, you know, we all at this point, it's great to just have something to look forward to every day, no matter <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Even if it's just a fun little word puzzle, that's awesome. So <laughs> if you aren't already playing Wordle, go check it out. It depends. You know, it can take anywhere from 10 seconds to five minutes of your day. It's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. So you don't need anything. Just go to the, go type Wordle into Google and you're all set. So, yeah, that's the mask and Wordle, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the weekend. Uh, I and got together, together. Now I just realized, and together, together. Um, but uh, that shouldn't be too bad. So, thank you to Rob for joining me on this Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. No, thank you for having me to talk the mask. We will be back next week with, I guess, Batman Forever is next. And then you will be circling back for the episode I'm maybe the most excited about. <laughs> I've never actually said the name. I just keep saying, yeah, you can guess what we're doing on the 23rd. Uh, so, yeah, if you haven't guessed yet, I guess get ready for a big surprise. Yeah, I bet the Tesla Cybertruck knows. I, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, give Scream a VOD option. If you're listening, Paramount, I'm tired of yelling about it on Twitter. And Rob obviously has a classic mass quote to take us out on. So. Yeah, I did as well. <laughs> I had it, but so many things have happened since then. I'm not uh, pressing stop till you think about it. So even if the end of this episode is three really awkward, silent minutes. Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you an, I'll give you an incel quote because I remember this one. Uh, oh god, okay. But I can't remember whether he says this French or not. I love is like a red rose, and I'm getting thorny. That's not even the, light, the right line. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, there you go. That's all you get. I My told love you to is start, like a red, red rose, and I am a little thorny. Yeah. God damn it. Good enough. Fine, I'll shut it down. <laughs> So for all those things nostalgic, I ask to do and say.